Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. You might be looking at us a little differently today or hearing us a little differently. Producer Colt is out until Friday, so Gordon and I are left to our own devices. Gordon, how are you feeling about that? you confident in this pod? It's funny when you say that. We're left to our own devices, but our devices are a laptop, a nice laptop, a, a Yeti microphone, mm-hmm. a Google Hangout, which is designed by the smartest people in the world. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy that like when Google Hangout doesn't work or Zoom call or any like technology or Twitter app goes down, we get very frustrated and we're like, guys, why can't it work? Yeah. And we don't realize like it's the greatest invention ever. I'm talking to you through digital pixels in real time. Mm -hmm. And if it stutters a bit, I'm going to be like, this this thing is shit. We're going to then take all this content this visual and audio and then we're going to put it into the cloud and then people in brazil are going to be able to listen to it yeah it's crazy i feel the same way when people complain about flights being delayed or some sort of issue when they're on the plane and like why can't they just figure this out and part of me is frustrated but the other part of me is like there's hundreds and thousands of people working to figure it out i don't think they're trying to be really bad at their job they might just be tough and stuck in a tough situation like that might be but like you, you've been able to get from New York to LA in a few hours. Like that's pretty cool. Let's count the wins and we can get them. Yes. Speaking of uh, people being unrealistic with their expectations. Yeah. But at the same time, being realistic with their expectations. We'll, we'll talk about the Spurs. But my, <laughs> I want to say one thing. I'm, Philly season is going on. Obviously, you guys know I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, and there was a really, really funny moment that happened over the past two days. For those who don't know. There's a second-year third baseman on the Phillies mm-hmm. who's not the greatest fielder. And he had three errors in like the first two or three innings in a game two mm-hmm. days ago. And he was getting booed mercilessly, like crazy. Also, it's known that the Phillies' defense is supposed to be really bad, so it adds to the narrative. And he was booed crazily, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then after his three errors, when he made like a routine play, yeah. he was – cheered mockingly right he was like yeah good job you you made a you made a good throw and then he was caught on camera 
saying, I fucking hate this place. Like, and then it went viral. I had all my Mets fan friends text me. I fucking hate this place and all this stuff. (laughs) And, you know, everyone was, you know, being like, oh shit, like you're going to say this after we've gone through the whole Ben Simmons thing, you know, Philadelphia and players. Sometimes the relationship's like this. But then post uh, game, he was confronted about it and he Uh said, yeah, I said it. I was frustrated. I don't mean it. I'm mm-hmm. happy here. I said it. I'm sorry. And then the next day when he was a pinch hitter, he got a standing ovation. Yeah. So that was interesting. It's like at the end of the day, fandom, they're going to boo you and get upset for you when you do, don't do well. But if you just recognize you're a human and hey, yeah, I was upset. I didn't mm-hmm. want I didn't like being booed and I'm sorry about it. Then it comes full circle. So that's the thing. We're going to complain about technology and, you know, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, we're kind of thankful that we're able to yeah, live in the year of 2022 as opposed to 1802. So that got me thinking. We don't have Colt and Travis here to keep us on track. So let's just keep on the digression. That made me think about <laughs> Philadelphia and Philadelphia sports. And as much as I mock you about them and as much as I think Philadelphia sports fans are overrepresented in sports media and discussion about Philadelphia sports, particularly the Sixers is completely out of balance with how good the team is. I hadn't, ex- I've had this ongoing experience over the last two weeks, which helps explain it. And it's just that you guys are passionate. So in my other podcast house of run, for some reason, we got some email a while back from a guy in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. And we looked it up on the show, talked about the Conshohocken fun fest and then it just kind of grew into this thing where people were talking about other Philadelphia uh, area towns, right? Uh, other su- uh, suburbs, right? And then the topic of Bryn Mawr and Bala Kinwood came up. And then we had this person from England explain how this is like a Welsh pronunciation. And then people have been writing in with their favorite regional Philly foods. And I'm just pierogies. Talk about pierogies. Oh, and then and then and then slang. John, am I saying yeah, that right? John, John, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Scrapple, yeah. all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Broccoli Rabe, all this. Like We were Googling like crazy. <laughs> the show was more off the rails than this one. But it just made me think, you guys are just like, you want to be part of the conversation. Like You guys are just into it. Because it's not like we have millions of listeners, right, for the show. Yeah. But like we've had so many people from uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia specifically, write in and just chime in about their city. Now, I'm still rooting against the Sixers. This didn't change that, but it helped me understand you guys a little bit better. You're just a very, like, outspoken group of people. Yeah, the uh, the first-round playoffs against Toronto schedule came out, and Game 7 oh, no. is Saturday during the Penn Relays in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, so if I'm doing play-by-play that evening – there might be a little bit of <laughs> distraction going on during that four by mile. I'll be like, ah, well, you know, after like a, a erroneous foul call. So. so does that mean you can't go to the, any of the games? Are you out on games? I won't be able schedule? to go into games. We are going to go to a Phillies game though. Uh, I think because okay. we get in on Wednesday and they play against the Rockies Wednesday night. So it's before the meet. So mm-hmm. we'll try to get a good flow track crew to go out to, Citizens Bank Park the day before Penn Relays. Because Penn Relays are coming up, guys. They're mm-hmm. in like two or three weeks. Uh, the mile split just announced the the high school fields, like yeah. the, 
the four by eights, the miles, the three Ks on the high school side. Uh, good, good high school stuff going down. Obviously, we have the big high school race with the four by mile with Newberry Park, which we'll talk about in this pod because Newberry just continues to do crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait for Penn. I haven't been there since what 2000. It's been a while for me actually because I think it's 2016, right? No, I missed 16 because I got sick. So I think I okay. haven't been there since 2015. So it's been a long time. But yeah, I'm excited. Speaking of 2015, I did a race breakdown on a 2015 Penn race, Championship of America 4x2 for the colleges. Do you know who UTEP closed with their last two legs? I do because I saw the video. Okay. But you can tell so the pretty, audience. So it's pretty wild. Elaine Thompson and then Sharika Jackson. And then they had a four by one and like a sprint medley, I think the year before. No, it was a four by one maybe, where it was Jackson, Thompson, and then Natasha Morrison, who's also running crazy fast times as well too. And it just was interesting because I'm watching this, well, I'm watching this race back and Lincoln is doing commentary. We all love Lincoln. We all know Lincoln all time. He probably retired as what top 10 track commentator of all time. He does his research. Um, but they're not pointing out Thompson, hurrah, or Jackson. Now, part of that is because relay orders shuffle all the time. And it's very difficult as a commentator to make sure you know who's on the right leg at the right time. Like it's way, it seems easy when you're looking at home. Hey, just name that person. But like things change all the time. But then I look at Thompson's marks and her progression in 2015. And yeah, she was good, but she wasn't contending for medals good. But then she runs this four by two, Gordon. A month later, she gets second at pre. And that's the coming out party. So this four by two at Penn with her and Sharika Jackson is like their last little moment of anonymity. Now, they were probably famous out in Jamaica. But to the global audience, and they win this four by two, they beat a Texas A&M team that has Shamir Little on it. They beat an LSU team that has Makaya Briscoe and Aaliyah Hobbs on it. How about that team? That's a pretty damn good team too, right? They panned out. Um, but then a month later, literally, she's getting second in Diamond League. And then by the end of the summer, she gets second in that crazy 200. Remember in Beijing where shippers ran an all-time time and Thompson was second. And then Shrika Jackson gets bronze and goes sub 50. So it was just like a cool little window into how quickly things can change in track and field. You can be just another athlete who's got like an 11-1, 11-2 PB out there. And then a month later, everybody knows you. And then two, three months later, you're running all-time times. So it's cool to look back at that race. That is cool. Yeah. You, you know, you never know with these, you know, college and high school Jamaican teams that come to Penn, you know, there could be a, a mini bolt somewhere in there, like a sophomore year bolt you just don't know about. And then mm-hmm. six years later, we're seeing like greatness unfold. But it's exciting. Watch it live on Flow Track. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk more about that as the month goes along. We have a little bit of house cleaning, house cleaning. Housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Not cleaning. Um, new workout Wednesdays on the site. It's with Arkansas men. It's with Amon Kemboy and Elias Tremel. Uh, I looked this up. Amon Kemboy, Arkansas runner. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. He has been All-American in his collegiate career 11 mm-hmm. times. Yeah. That's insane. An 11-time NCAA All-American. Like, some of the all-time greats mm-hmm. have never been... 
11-time NCAA All-American. I mean, he was All-American every year in, in, in cross-country, and then he has a bunch of doubles um, indoor season getting yeah. All-Americans, and then obviously he has a few outdoors. So, But to rack up 11 in his four-year career, or maybe four-and-a-half-year career, it's pretty incredible. But yeah, they did a good workout. They're going to be at Penn Relays. Got some fun. And this is a fun workout because mm-hmm. the workout took place on a Wednesday. People love that. When it actually lines up, when the workout Wednesday is actually filmed on a Wednesday. Yeah. It's like the planets align aligning. It's, it's pretty Well, cool. shout out to Coach Bucknam at Arkansas for making that happen because we were there for a couple of days. It's obviously difficult to get everybody's schedules aligned. So shout out to him for making that happen. Yeah, Brian and I did that and then headed right to the airport. It features what I'll say is the easiest looking 440 mile that I've been in a track for like i've never stood next to kip choge's running 440 i'm sure that looks easy too but these guys open with this 440 and i'm sitting there filming on the back stretch being like that can't be a 440 there's no way that's a 440 they look so easy and then i tell brian camera man videographer editor extraordinaire hey man didn't that 440 look easy and he's like yeah coach buckham said the same thing how easy and just like smooth they made it look that all-american stat that was interesting let me tell you a brief story so last night we had tornado watch here in Austin. Tuesday night is T-ball and baseball night for me. I got my kids going back to back. One's from 5.30 to 6.30. One's from 7 to 8. So I'm out there with my daughter's team um, coaching, getting them ready to go. My son is there because he's in that second group. Nothing's been canceled yet. Yeah, there's a tornado watch, but you know how it looked last night. There was stuff like 40 miles away, but in the Austin area, a lot of blue sky. There's a momentary break in the practice. I open my phone and I have way more text messages than I normally do. And it's, Hey, you know, the second practice got canceled. Another text, Hey, there's a winter storm, uh, or sorry, a severe storm warning for blah, blah, blah. All these texts are popping up from people telling me about the storm or about the schedule getting rearranged. And then there's one from you and I'm going through and I'm like, Oh man. So I'm in like, kind of like frantic disaster <laughs> mode. And I get to Gordon's and Gordon says, Hey, how many all Americans do you think a boys have? <laughs> And then I responded with something and you're like, nope, that's not it. And I put my phone away because dealing with all this other stuff. And then you're like, responded, okay, I guess you don't want to play the game. <laughs> and I wanted to play the game. It was just in the midst of uh, a little realize. bit of chaos. Yeah. Now that just, I know, I thought you were just at home watching TV, just ignoring no. my text. That's what I thought. You know, It was just funny. Like, cause you know, sometimes that happens when you get a bunch of texts and it's like, yeah. you, you see one that's serious, so then you just associate all the other ones as being serious, but then one of them's like a group text of your buddy saying some dumb inside joke or like, hey, you watching the Sixers tonight? It's like I don't know. It was fun. I it was something I hadn't thought of. And I guess the under. I guess I was I was off, but yeah. It's a cool workout. People should check it out. Good job um you editing it, Brian doing the lion's share of the quality shooting, and thanks to uh Arkansas for uh, being great hosts for us. We got more Arkansas workouts coming, by the way, and a facility tour with Arkansas next week, which is going to be good. That one's yeah. fun. Lots of content coming out. I still haven't done my NCAA track and field show, but I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it 100%. The new rankings are on the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, let's talk a little bit about some of the rankings. Um, there's an update to flow track rankings for colleges. <clears throat> Here we go. You probably haven't looked at the rankings in, the, in a few in a Not yet. So for outdoor season, at least. Um, can you predict who I have as the top two 
teams? Men or women? Men, uh, men and women. Yeah. Women, I'll say Florida one, Texas two. Correct. Can men. you can you get the podium? Can oh. you get third? It's okay if you can't. No, no, hold on. Uh, give me a second. Arkansas? No, Arkansas's fifth. Uh, A&M? No, A&M's sixth. I'm way off. Yeah, Kentucky. Kentucky's third. Oh, we just talked about Kentucky yeah. last spot. All right, so on the men, though, th- it's close. The men, it's it's much closer than the women. Who do LSU? You, who do, LSU is eighth. They're not oh. there. Hold on. LSU. My preseason pick, Florida State. How's Florida State looking? Florida State is 14th. Okay, we got some work to do, guys. We got some work to do, fellas. Uh, Florida. It's probably Florida then. No, Florida's third. Texas. Texas is one. There we go. And then two and then would be A&T? A&T is seventh. Who am I this missing from two? Yeah, two. Um, who am I missing? I'm totally bl- – Georgia? No. Georgia is fourth. Who's two? A&M? Two is A&M is fifth. You're just making up numbers. You've said six different teams are fifth, I think. No, I'm not. I'm looking at the list. Uh, number two is, it's a team in Texas. Texas Tech. There you go. Texas okay. Tech. So, Florida in the mix for both. Yes. Cool. Uh, Florida's probably going to move up the rankings because Joseph Fambula is finally going to run Yeah. Uh, some faster open uh, flat times on in the 200 and the 100, which will increase his ranking but and northern arizona's in the mix they're sixth they're up there with their duo of nico young and abdi hamaner which we will see live on flow track this weekend but first let's talk about let's get into news one more uh, thing. hold start... on hold on one more oh, thing what? one more thing because where you got me on topic of rankings okay i got the pro rankings and Ooh. i'm recording my show i'm just gonna go through all of them i'm gonna do lightning round on the show not on here but i'm there's only one event i'm changing from last week to this week, what event do you think that is? I know what the event is because you told me, but it's the women's 200. Okay. Where does Abby Steiner belong on here? I'm going to start naming names. You say stop. This is the order that I have right now. I did not have her in the top 10. Thompson Ara, Mboma, Thomas. Stop. Fraser Price. She's equal to Thomas. So you have her fourth ahead of Fraser Price? Yes. Sharika Jackson, Miller yes. Weibo? Yeah. All right, I might have her lower. I'm just going to warn you. But she's Why? in the top 10 for sure. What does she need to do? I just – no, she's done a lot. She's done a lot. These are not right now rankings. This is like – well, these are right now rankings. But I'm saying if there was a championship right now and Shelly and Fraser Price was lining up next to Abby Steiner, I would take Fraser Price still. I will make a bet with you on Wednesday, April 13th, Sure. That Abby Steiner will finish higher than Shelly and Fraser Price if Abby Steiner is at Worlds. Okay. I'll give you that, but that means Fraser Price has to actually run the 200 too. Because if she scratches, I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both have to run it. They both enter and clearly run yeah. normal, not do a whole like jog the way like Dina. Yeah. Who, who, where, uh, what's your Shrika name? Jackson. Shrika Jackson did. Yeah, yeah. So. I'll take you up on the bet. Deal. Okay. We got it. We got it. Let's do it. Okay. I should get more for the bet because I'm going, you're going with one of the all time greatest sprinters in world history, and I'm going with a college kid. So if, if I, I win, win this bet, I should get five to one odds, I believe. 
No, here's the here's the deal. If I win, you pay for my trip to Jamaica. If you win, I pay for your trip to Kentucky. Okay, that's fair. That's sure, fair. Yeah. sure. All right, sure. news, and then we want to do some previews, and then we want to do a late recap. How's that? Um, this happened, I guess, right after we were done recording on Monday, or around that time. Gabriella debut Stafford announced that she's leaving the Bowerman Track Club, put up a post on Instagram, and discussed the lack of clarity that existed between Shelby Houlihan, who's banned until the beginning of 2025, her relationship with the group and what that would look like going forward. Uh, she gave an interview to Let's Run where she put more detail in there and explained sort of the position that she was put in and the murkiness around the ruling and the lack of communication that she was getting so she's going to move back to Canada to train there to try to make uh, another global championship team. She also talked about how she had um, didn't know about the suspension until it became public last year, just sort of the stress that put on her mentally before she was getting ready to run in the Olympics last year. Houlihan put out a response recently as well, too. But on a reading debut Stafford's statement, Gordon, what was the main takeaway for you? Well, the statement was a little ambiguous because you kind of try to create uh, what's she trying to say in this short Instagram post. But the fact that she uh, responded to Letron's email interviews gave a little more of a clearer picture, I felt. And that picture clearly painted that Jerry was trying to keep Shelby Houlihan incorporated with the group through this suspension. And that incorporation has a lot of gray area because the way track and field is with professional teams, when think about this, like when you're a college recruit, right? You're not allowed to practice with the team, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's illegal for a college recruit to practice with the team. So what the coach does is, oh, they're going on a run in that direction. It'll be crazy if you guys just happen to be running also in that direction, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Because, like, you can't – a lot of times running is not really as structured the way a football practice is. So a college recruit could, like, go for a run with college athletes and not be participating in practice. And I think when it comes to, like, uh, World Athletics Code of Conduct with how a band athlete's allowed to interact with non-band athletes or a non-band coach, it can get a little murky because is it – illegal for Shelby Houlihan to be on the same dirt road as Courtney Frerichs on a long run. Uh, right. It's weird. Is it? Well, it seems to me that from reading the rules, it's like Schumacher can coach her privately, but because Bowerman track club is affiliated with USATF sanctioned club, she can't participate in the club's activities. So that was kind of the line of demarcation, but that's difficult sometimes to parse out. I mean, in the article they talk about, well, she didn't, she didn't say that she, she had worked out with them at all, but it sounds like what staff W Stafford wanted was just like, Hey, can there be a clear break? Can she yeah. do something on a Wednesday? And then were there Thursday? And then she said, they said no. And then she just was like, all right, can it be morning afternoon? And they said no. And then she said, well, is it, can it, there be a 90 minute window between it? And she also said that 
all the communication was between lawyers with Houlihan and Bowerman Track Club, and the athletes weren't privy to any of that. And I totally get it from her perspective. It's like she doesn't – all these rules are really difficult to parse out. She doesn't want anything that's impacting her mm-hmm. eligibility, right? She doesn't want one day to have to answer an email from someone from AIU about, hey, is this person practicing with you? Like, this is your job. You don't want to feel like you're doing anything wrong when you go to work every day. Yeah. And r- running and stuff, it's hard enough staying mentally focused and trying to get through the workouts. You don't want to worry about all this other stuff that's going on in the background. I understand that Schumacher has definitely explained where he stands in terms of the sh- of the Houlihan ban. And he probably doesn't want to leave her adrift. Um, but it is interesting that Debut Stafford asked just for the separation and wasn't really able to get any clear answers on it. That, to me, is the surprising part. Yeah, I think the way – I mean, Schumacher is notorious for being kind of like a – I mean, he's very strict in his training regimen. It's why he gets so many great athletes to do so many great performances. Um, he's also very uh, – what's the word? Not uh, not secretive, but like keeps to himself a lot, right? Because he doesn't do a lot of media appearances. He He's not – he doesn't let, you know – cameras around him that often right mm-hmm. it was nail and was it tooth and tail nail and tooth i don't know the phrase what are you trying to say like trying to nail and tooth what's like what's that phrase i, I thought you were gonna say cloak and dagger no no like to when uh Sh- shalane flanagan won the new york city marathon it was like you had to beg him oh, to do an interview like pulling teeth pulling teeth it was like pulling teeth nail and tooth pulling teeth like you shouldn't have to beg the coach of the New York City Marathon champion for an interview. Mm-hmm. Like that should be like, hey, you have to just said something great. Can we talk to you about it? Like, yeah. Okay. But he just has built up this ability based on the way our sport is that he doesn't need to interact with media mm-hmm. in order to be paid by Nike and recruit the greatest runners um, in their twenties. Uh, and I think that mindset of like, I don't need to be really open about it publicly with other people. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of translating that mindset with how he's handling the Shelby situation. And maybe someone like Courtney Frerichs is able to like deal with it because Courtney knows Shelby more personally because they've been trained together. Courtney knows Jerry more because they've been, she's been on the team longer. But when a new person comes in, you're kind of looking for like, a little more open communication because you know you're, anytime there's a new guy when the the new kid comes to school from out of town you kind of need to go above and beyond to like mm-hmm. tell them all right this is where the things are to do and like you got to include them but like you know to keep secrets within the group that maybe everyone else knows but you don't it just can lead to this and i don't blame her um i understand jerry's trying to do his thing but this maybe be a point. Maybe this moment is for Jerry to recognize, hey, I'm going a little too far with this whole like, don't tell anyone, keep it secret, do this. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we'll, we got this handled. Don't worry about it. Because when you do that, a great one of the best 1500 meter runners in the world is like, no, nah, I'm not about this. I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. You know, and now Jerry can be like, I, right, whatever. I have a big group. What's one person leaving? But, I don't know. It's a bad look, I think, for Jerry overall. I think um, 
it ba- it basically shows that the way he's been over the many years. While you can do that to like the media, when you do that to your own athletes, it's uh, it's like a next level. And I think that's what happened. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a bummer because she was running great under Jerry. I think she'll still run great, but you know, yeah. you never know like what she could have been. So well, and her sister joined the group recently too. So that's a complicating factor yeah. as well. I just think this story from beginning to end has been so strange the way it's been rolled out. Like we found out about it all in one chunk yep. at the end of the appeals process. And then there was that weird moment with USATF where we thought, hey, is she actually going to be able to run at the Olympic trials? That would be crazy. And then you realize, hey, this thing's over. Like the resolution like the chances of the appeal at this point, and she talks about it in her statement today, but she talked to people who are experts in this stuff and they say it's a very long shot that it would happen. So then you're thinking, hey, is this story going to just be on ice until she maybe comes back after her band's done in 2025? And then something like this comes out and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's still more evolving with this story. But there's really not because she's just going to be banned. Like that's, what's going to be, she's not allowed to run with Bowerman. I mean, maybe she continues to do this stuff on the side where, okay, she's in Flagstaff when they're in Flagstaff and she's working on her own. He's allowed to coach her privately, but this isn't one of those cases where it's like the, you know, you've seen those before that with the doping cases where it's a six month drawn out saga or a year long thing or several year thing like we've seen before. So I was sort of surprised that, Hey, this is coming up now but he's back to where if the status is she's going to be banned until 2025 just in case we had i'm not sure if our recording might have uh technical difficulties there over the last few seconds he said but basically um you're saying what we're saying again you got to wait till i i didn't get what you said in the final 15 seconds there your internet's cutting out a bit. I think that these monetary flashes of news of the story shouldn't detract from the point, the larger point, which is this is by and large settled until 2025, unless something crazy and unexpected happens. Yeah. Like this is, this is this what is it reality. is. I mean, maybe, it, yeah. And maybe they work out something with the rest of the group. So everybody knows, but she's not gonna be competing in races you know, unless she wins this appeal, which appears to be a long shot. So I think we're going to hear about this less and less. And then maybe 2024 towards the end, people are going to be like, wait a minute, is she still training? Is she still racing? Hey, is this comeback really going to happen? Which, you know, I don't know. That's a, it's a long way to go until then. So we saw she, she obviously, um, I understand her perspective of like running keeps me sane. I want to keep running. It's good for my mental health. I get that. Yeah. She'd be what thirty-two when in twenty twenty-five. I believe so. I looked it up yesterday. I think it was thirty-one, thirty-two. Yeah. So I mean, she could probably get another four years, maybe two to four of Mm -hmm. potential like making teams. You know, you see people thirty-three, thirty-four make it. And Jenny, how old is Jenny Simpson right now? What was how old was she when you made her last team? Well, she made it in nineteen. Yeah, so 19 was at three years ago. She was 32, so. Yeah. 
We'll we'll see. We we'll probably still be doing this pod by then, so we'll be able to talk <laughs> about it then. So stay tuned. Tune into the January twenty twenty five pod, and we'll uh, we'll chat about it then. Um, all right, Brian Clay starts Wednesday down in Southern California. Goes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I previewed it for the site. Women's five, men's five, and the fifteens are the real main attractions there. So I probably should have told you before you wrote that article that I got Uh-oh. information on where NAU is running. Should I edit this? Okay, hold on. Let me get let me open our CMS here and see if we can edit it. Yeah, what do we need? So the NAU guys aren't really doing any of the five K. Maybe just Brody Hasty's doing the five. Okay. Well that they're means all, need... they're, they're all doing the fifteen. Okay. So, if that needs to update your article. Well, I can read the article. Yes, it does, because I open with the five and talk <laughs> about how great the five is. Because you got Nur in there uh, going again, well, with his teammate, Nico, Andrew Bosley. That You had the podium from indoors going against BYU, going against Alabama. You had Eduardo Herrera in there, Dylan Jacobs. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Washington had a good duo in there, but now you say that's not happening. So tell me what's actually happening. Okay, what actually is happening is NAU. They're going all in on the 15. So we're going to see a fast 15, obviously led by Iliad Kipsang of Alabama. He's a 336 guy. Uh, the Drake boys, based in Fog, will be there. John Davis will be there. OTC's bringing their crew, including new OTC member Brandon McBride, 800 meter star from Mississippi State, Canadian. See what he does in a 1500. That'll be exciting. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of other, you know, Oklahoma State's got a few good milers. Kai Robinson, who's like a 10K guy from Stanford. And Kai, Kai Robinson won the Stanford 5K at Stanford Invitational. So he was second think, indoors. Yeah, and he was second indoors. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how these like longer guy, longer distance guys like Kai Robinson, Nico Young, Abdi Hamina are doing a 15 because I think their goal is they recognize, hey, we need to have a really good last 800 in the five and 10 at NCAAs. So we need to work on our speed. And what better way to work on your speed than going up against true milers like Kip Sang and John Davis? So that should be exciting for 15. Um, on the women's side, 5K, Chilangot versus um, Taylor Rowe, I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this. I haven't mentioned this yet, but I feel like Chilenga, her her reign is over. I don't think she's going to win another NCAA title. I think her loss at NCAA Cross to Whitney Orton was basically the last stagger because you know Chilenga didn't come back in NCAA indoors. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor Rowe won the three K. Um, she still got outdoors though, like. I t- you know, 10K chance. Yeah, but 10K, I feel like there's going to be someone, you know, I don't know. I just, 10K is going to be our only hope. I, the 5K, definitely not, right? Because I think Taylor Rose legit. I think um, Lauren Gregory is good. I think Caitlin Tui, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayman could have been in there, but Wayman's going to do the steeple, so you keep her out of the mix. But Chilangat needs to win me back, is all I'm trying to say. Mercy Chilangat, I was all in on the Mercy train. <laughs> Since 2019 or 2020, I was all circle. in, and now I'm off, and I need to be wooed back on. Because right now, 
I'm moved by someone like Taylor Rowe. I'm moved by Caitlin Tui. You know, so. But it'll be a good 5K. You got Chilangot, mm-hmm. Gregory, Abacone in New Mexico, Taylor Rowe, Oklahoma State, and Grace Forbes of Rice in that five. And then on the men's side, the 5K is basically cross-country minus NAU because you got the Bama <laughs> duo, BYU guys, Eduardo Herrera of Colorado, Notre Dame, Jacobs, Oklahoma State guys, Washington has a few. Uh, Eric Jenkins of Nike is in that mix. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one thing I actually was thinking about to kind of wrap up our Brian Clay preview. Again, watch Brian Clay live on Track all weekend long. Mm-hmm. Our boy Kevin Selby is going to be on the call with the, one of his colleagues. I forget who's doing the call with Kevin, but it's going to be a good. It's, it's going to be a good. It's Trevor, right? Tre- yeah, it might Trevor. be Trevor. Yeah, it's going to be a that's good. A, that's a that's a good combo. It's a good, it's a good combo. combo. Just yeah. put it out there. They're going to know their stuff. Um, so Notre Dame is here with Dylan Jacobs and the rest of their guys. You know who's not run yet outdoors and is not running this weekend? Yared Nagus. Mm-hmm. What should the panic meter be on Yared Nagus right now? Is he? Let me just. This is still so funny for me because I, you did the famous, I'm not going to comment on this person not running. And then we came up with the agreed upon time limit. I guess that wasn't college runners, right? It wasn't college. Um, I'm not panicking about Yared Nagus. No? Not panicking about Yared Nagus yet. You think he's taking all of April off, maybe? Why not? Do you think he'll run Penn Relays? Notre Dame's going. Yes. So that may be his debut? Yeah, maybe he'll debut there. You know, it gets exhausting trying to figure out when people are going to run. I'll just say that. (laughs) It is very difficult. And then you guess, and then you're like, yeah, this is it. And then you find out, no, that's not actually when they're running at all. They are not going in that. Or they're pacing. They're just pacing. Yeah. Because this is basically a month after NCAAs that we're at now. We're, we're hitting the four-week mark post-NCAA indoors. I mean, Nico Young hasn't run yet, but he is running this weekend in a 15. So I thought, you know, if Nico goes out f- four weeks, I mean, is Yara going to wait six weeks? You know, I It guess. just feels more and more like one big season when you go indoor to out. When yeah. you're talking about That's true. them running Stanford invite, I mean, Nur had the meat of his life. And then a couple weeks later, he, yeah, he's not – crushing that 10k he's just cruising but he's still putting his spikes on and getting out there and racing it just feels like one long continuous meet after meet after meet so yeah brian clay live on flow track uh other meets live on flow track the james madison invitational Mm. that's gonna be a big one do you know where james madison is do you know what state james madison is in is it in maryland no i should know this um virginia yes okay. harrisonburg virginia got it i have yeah. a i have a story about james madison that i'm not sure if i should say publicly i think i've no. said on a podcast in the past let's not let's not go down that road i've been uh, on james madison's campus one time <laughs> and something happened but i can't say it maybe if you dm me, i'll tell you <laughs> what i did don't no don't invite i was in i was in College or high school? I think I was in high school. I was in high well, school. Yeah. Then you really shouldn't say anything that you did in yeah. high school. Yeah. Mount Sachs this weekend, which we'll talk on Friday's pod about. We'll also preview the Boston Marathon. Oh, we didn't talk about that. We're gonna do a live show during Boston Marathon. So all you marathon fans out there who want that second screen experience, 
8.30 a.m. Central, so 9.30 a.m. Eastern, right before that race. The men's race, I think, starts at 9.37. So we'll start seven minutes before the men's race. Women are after that. We'll go the whole two and a half hours or however long it takes. One of these races I'm really worried about, we're going to go live during, and it's going to become the most tactical marathon in history. It's going to be like the Rio 2016 Olympic 1500, but in marathon form. And we're going to end up being live for like three hours. Nobody makes a move. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I would, that's, how tactical do you think a marathon could get in this day and age? I mean, it can be tactical. Be but, do you think, but do you think we'd ever see something like, you know what I'm talking about. Remember that year in cross? We yeah. We all jog together. Like, do you ever think we'll see it where like the mass race, like sub elite people are like with the pros, like halfway, just because nobody wants to take the lead. It would have yeah, to I mean, be at New York or Boston, right? I mean, obviously you had in that, the weather situation, you, that's what you need. You need the weather to yeah. be shit. Yeah. But, and it's always just when you're involved in a mass type road race, there's always going to be some hero who's going to be like, holy crap, I could be in the lead and they're going to push the pace. Yeah, of course, everyone is pushed the pace. You know, it's like a traffic jam. You know, once one car stops, they all stop behind them. Yeah, one one person goes, they all go with them. So, I don't know though. Uh, We're gonna make the pickup contest be centered around Boston Marathon. So, I'll have that for you guys to fill out on Friday. So, it should be fun. Anyway, let's talk a little about some late recap. This meet happened what Saturday and Mm -hmm. it's Wednesday, but Newberry Park. Did their thing at Arcadia, 3200 Fest. Colin Salmon runs incredible. Doesn't even PB, though. <laughs> so you could chalk it up as a just a, a another regular run. But no, I'm kidding. Colin Salmon runs, what, 834 mm-hmm. in the 3200. He ran 833 earlier this year. Uh, Lex, Leo, and Aaron all run well. Was it Lex or Leo who ran? Well, Lex ran 8.35. Aaron yeah. ran 8.48. Leo ran 9.0. I think it was. All in all. Another big performance for Newbury Park. I have three takeaways. You want to hear them? Yeah. What's takeaway number one? Takeaway number one, Nico Young now is fourth all-time on the Newbury Park list at this distance. I saw that in the mile split California write-up, which is crazy. Imagine in 60, 70 years, you enroll as a freshman at Newberry Park High School, and they're not haven't been that dominant since this era. They're not even known for distance running anymore, but you're going to be the person who brings it back. You're excited to run. You walk with your coach one day into the locker room, out into the gymnasium. You see the record board. You see the top 10 board, and you just think, what? What, what was happening here 70 years ago? I have to do what to be in the top 10? Is every school like this? So I feel bad. For the future, uh, runners at Newbury Park who want to get in the top 10 board. Second takeaway, it's funny that Salmon ran this fast but didn't PB. And it just makes me think that high school seasons have kind of been turned up on their head because this used to be a meet, Arcadia, that people would really focus on. And it would be the great competition, the great conditions that would lead to the fast times. And now they're running faster in these kind of one-off meets everywhere. So it just is further proof that the way things are Structured for Newberry Park has been different than other programs in the past. And third, I think you got a lot of people now coming along for the ride because while Newberry Park 
ran really well, you know, they go one, two, eight, 10, 26. That's nuts for any high school team. But, you know, there's these other runners out here just trying to keep pace. And you look at the amount of sub nines in this field. I mean, the second heat had eight or nine sub nines. And it, they used to count the amount of sub nines in the first heat. Now it's just a given. And now you have multiple guys going in the eight forties. And I think a lot of that's just because we got a, a, a team here that's resetting the standard. Yeah. It's contagious. I mean, there's a time if this, if Newberry park had this talent 20 years ago, the only people who'd be knowing about it would be the people who got the local paper. Mm-hmm. Right. And be like, Oh wow. There's a really good team out there. But you know, some kid from Connecticut's going to have no idea. Well, we had the internet 20 years ago, Gordon. I mean, maybe let's try to go 30. Let's go 30. 30? Less. Well, well, I mean, there was the internet there, but 20, less. 2002 internet? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No one was, tr- were people on on a daily basis tracking high school times in 2002? I graduated from high school in 2002, and I knew about, like, our fast Arcadia times. Uh, okay. Couldn't, couldn't watch any of the California. races. Oh, well, that, I was in Las Vegas at that point, but all right, 20, but no, 30 years ago, you know what I'm trying I, to say? Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing like a Chris Solinsky headline or like before that, a Dathan Ritzenheim headline, but you'd only see them once. And that would be a foot locker because ESPN would show it usually tape delayed. So you'd actually physically see them running once the rest was just, you'd get an occasional photo here and there. And then you'd look at the results. But yeah, I get what you're saying. You didn't, you didn't know about every single little thing that they were doing. Yeah. And uh, because Certainly now you know their workouts, you know, know their workouts with the rise of <clears throat> flow and mile split and sports media and social media, it's just now contagious for every high school kid around the country to be inspired to be as good as the best. Whereas typically you're only inspired to be as good as the person in your district or even in your state. Now you're inspired by the fastest in the country. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why 25 people broke nine minutes. 25 people would not have broken nine minutes because, one, 25 people wouldn't have gone to that meet. You know, they all would have tried to win their local dual meet. So it is contagious. And uh, it's exciting to see what Newberry Park does at Penn Relays. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy, but not – it's kind of overblown controversy – uh, in order for Newberry Park to be eligible for state, they have to, you know, the process about high school, right? How mm-hmm. you have to do like go through league. Oh, yeah. But the problem there was a scheduling conflict with their league and running the pen relays four by mile. And they were able through a committee petition to move the distance races to a different day. You know, a day that the meet was being held, but they moved it from the Friday to the Thursday. So they were able to go to Penn Relays on Friday. Uh, and it's just, one, it's just crazy that in order to be eligible for a meet that's like six weeks away, you have to run a random league meet. Mm-hmm. Like, in order to be eligible for state in Pennsylvania, there's only one meet you have to go to, the district qualifier, and then you go to state. Like, there's only one round before state mm-hmm. at Pennsylvania. And the fact that, California has what? How many rounds are in California in order to go to state? Well, league section, sectionals, and then they have masters where they put it into one. So 
they might have changed it since I was there, and I was in a smaller section. It's like three to four rounds before state. Multiple weeks. Yeah, it's multiple most weeks. states have one round. You go to your district, and then you're done. And I think it's kind of crazy that they need to do like four. Do you really need four knockout rounds before you find out? All right, here are the twenty best man. state athletes. That makes no sense. Are you saying that Philadelphia really only operates better with one round? And when they get to multiple rounds, things go south. Is that what you're saying? Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, yeah, it is weird. It's also when I started thinking about this, I thought, how do elite athletes in other sports do it? Kids who are basically able to compete at a much higher level than their state. How do they do it? And a lot of them don't even compete in high school in a lot of sports. Right, they have a yeah. club system that's completely separate. Track, and I love this about track in the United States. They pretty much all run high school. Now you're seeing a few people here and there go the pro route early. You're seeing a few people stick with their club coach, and that causes issues, and they don't run high school track at all. But it's a large percentage, in the same way that high school football, large percentage. Whereas you know, maybe not basketball. Maybe not volleyball, maybe not swimming, maybe not soccer, right? There's a lot of these sports where – or you go to something like tennis where it's like, no, if you're an elite tennis player, you're off at some academy at the age of you know 13 and you're not going to play high school tennis. So I think it's those two forces butting into each other, the desire of these kids to compete for their high school team because in track and cross country there's that tradition versus, hey, they have these larger aspirations and they're qualified to run in these races this is a once in a generation team i think i saw too isn't is pre the same day as the california state meet yeah so the, you know that's a tough decision too you know some people might say well that's no decision like what's the big deal the kids want everything but competing for your school one last time is significant it means yeah. something but then you're also thinking well i'm sure pre would set that race up so that way Salmon could go for what Versbeekis' mark, perhaps. So it's like it's tough. It's a it's a good problem to have if you're that good, but it's also tough because you're dealing with young people who rightfully want to have these high school experiences while they still can. Yeah. And to people complaining like, hey, we should not make exceptions for them. We're screwing over after it's like, come on. No, you're just being a little bitch because you're whoa, not whoa, as whoa, fast whoa. as these whoa. guys. You're just whoa. being a little we don't do it this way guys it's not that big of a deal things change all the time scheduling moves around there's a weather delay is like, oh there's a weather delay uh-oh i wasn't prepared now i have to run 12 hours on a different time like who cares like this if you want the sport if you care about the sport that you're in you should care about all-time greats having opportunities to showcase their greatness you know i would Happily, like I, when you know you're the, the people who are racing Newberry Park in high school who are at the league level, okay, this isn't like the second fastest guys in the state, they're not moving the state championship, they're moving the league, which is going to be mm -hmm. how many of those guys are actually going to qualify for state that aren't Newberry Park? Mm -hmm. Maybe like I would get, I haven't looked at the Marmonte 2%. League descending order list, but maybe 2%, maybe. I don't I'm know. guessing it's low. But I mean, whoever it is, is probably going to be fine. The person who is going to go on to state meet that's not Newberry Park is still going to make the state meet on the new schedule. So it's not that big of a deal. It sounds like they agreed with 
the coaches came together and were able yeah. to come to agreement. So if it's fine with the coaches and their athletes, then yeah. I don't think other people should get, get mad on their behalf. But man, you're really going for the explicit label on this pod. You just Sorry. Colt Colt's not here. Travis isn't here. No bleep button. You should add since you're gonna edit this. Add in some bleeps. I think people like. I'm not bleeps. gonna add in bleeps. I don't even know when I said the bleeps. Yeah, that's part. Now of that I fun. think about it, that's probably a very like hard. If you're a podcast producer that has to deal with the podcast where it has to be edited, like mm-hmm. for bleeps, yep. and you have to constantly keep track of whenever a bleep is necessary, and then go back and add the bleep. That's gotta be annoying. Because what if you forget mm-hmm. when the bleeps happened? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have to rewatch like a three hour podcast for the bleeps. You're like, yeah. Oh my God. So, so I know what you're doing the rest of your day. Finding bleeps. I think you just mark it, right? If you're producing, you're just marking the time. And then, yeah, but what if you like, you forget, what if you miss one? What if you just like, we're not thinking at that moment? Then you're not right. You know, for the Colt business. sometimes is probably, we don't even know. Colt's probably like on Twitch, like live streaming video He's games while video. producing our podcast. Yeah. But his, his, it is a little easier because it's just going live, basically. Yeah. It's the ones that are taped because you can hear it sometimes. I don't know if you've heard this. Sometimes they'll mess up an edit and they'll replay two sections back to back. Like there'll be a oh, two minute yeah. section and it loops on itself. That you can tell because that's because you know, they're going in there and doing actual editing. Colt luckily doesn't have to do any editing until now. I'm going to tell him to get a live bleep button and you can just warn him and be like, three, two, one. Or we should just bleep unnecessary words. That'll be fun. Just yeah, so then people every time can guess. I talk about certain athletes, we put a bleep in front of yeah. it. So, what, what, when you do another breakdown of the two different types of 400 meter runners, you could do that. I did, um, you know, how we talked a little bit about Tony McQuay and there's Tony McQuay's and there's LaShawn Merritt's. Mm-hmm. Vernon Norwood uh tweeted out that he found out he's a Tony McQuay and he didn't know how to take it, so it was kind of funny. Did you say that on the pod? Did you say his name? I think I mentioned his name. I said Vernon Orr is a Tony McQuay. Will London's a Tony McQuay. Michael Cherry is on the fence. He may or may not be a Tony McQuay. I'm leaning towards a Tony McQuay, but this year could be the year he falls on the other side of the fence and becomes a LaShawn Merritt. I'm going to film you doing the 400-meter interviews at USA's after the first round, and I just want to see if anybody has any sort of reaction to it. This is going to be wonderful. Um, should I ask them straight up? Do you feel like you're more of a LaShawn Merritt or a Tony McQuay? No. <laughs> and then if Merritt and McQuay are out there, I'll ask them. Merritt, I think, is Merritt retired? Yeah. The trials? I think that was it at the trials. I okay. think Merritt will acknowledge that he's a Merritt for sure. Um, I just, yeah, I'm curious the reaction. I don't think you should bring it up. Just see, see if they bring it up. I think but here's the thing, though. Being a Tony McQuay is not an insult because well, it means yes. you're making right. multiple world relay teams, winning medals. I mean, McQuay has like five global medals probably or something like that of all the 4x4s he's been on. I don't even know. He's run incredible times. Like, it's not an insult. An insult would be like you're a – I don't know what I should say. Just stop. stop I, have, I have names of what would be an insult, but. Uh, he has three golds. Yeah. This is and, a great person to be. And three silvers. Six medals. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, basically you're saying – I mean, you're just describing tears, basically. Yeah. This is what you were doing. It's but just got to give it a, a name. Well, the 400, it's more interesting because of the relay component. And people are 
you hear their name, they're around a lot longer um, as opposed to different events. I mean, you're just like, hey, there's Matt Centrowinches out there, and then there's what? Sam Prakles. Well, he made a team. No, just now. But you know what I mean? Like, that's. I don't think someone would get like Matt. It's like, oh, I'm not LaShawn Merritt. It's like, well, look at his PBs and his gold net. You know? It's like. Yeah, there's Matt Sentowitz's and then there's Will Lear's. He may. Did he ever make a team? I don't think he ever got. You're talking about people who don't make a team? Well, the, the guy close. who is always like fourth. Right in the mix. Fifth. Well, that's what I thought about with Prakel until he had that indoor thing. Yeah. And it, actually, Lear made an indoor team too. So those two, you could probably. Well, indoors doesn't count. Come on. No, no, but I'm just saying comparing the two careers. Compare yeah. the two careers. That's pretty similar. The thing is, though, but there's also people who make teams, who make the team, but they don't medal and they go out, you know, in the first, first or second, yeah. first or second round, and you're like, oh yeah, they made a team, but you don't really remember them as much because yeah. every, you know, three out of every four years, there's a new group coming in. I think in men's distance running. It's about making world finals, not really meddling. I think when an American makes a final in the 15, mm-hmm. the 8, mm-hmm. that's when it's considered like a tier one runner. It's not necessary. Whereas in the 400, you got to, it's not about making the 400 final. It's about winning medals because just US in the 400 is so much better than US in the mid distance. Anyway, this is a good off season topic. We should do all the tiers. Tiers. All right. Tier. We'll tier. We'll tier. And then we'll tier our tiers. Remember when you did player ratings? It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Madden ratings, yeah. Yeah, I do the Madden ratings, but for every event, that would be that's the same thing as putting them in tears. Okay, we're all done. Thanks, everybody, for listening, bearing with us on an unconventional episode of the FlowTrack Podcast. Uh, you can email the show, Podcast at gmail. You can subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube channel. We already talked about all the stuff that's up on the site. I'm not going to bore you with that anymore. Uh, Friday, we'll have a new pickup contest, and Friday will be live 9 a.m. Central on YouTube. Thank you, Gordon. We'll talk to you guys next time.